The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, already. Welcome to the College Baseball Experience. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, and I'm riding solo again on today's podcast as Colby is still out sick with the flu. He's still toughing it out over on the USFL Gambling Podcast, though, which is some funny content. But he's cashing daily fantasy lineups over there every weekend, so I don't blame him one bit. But anyways, here at the College Baseball Experience, we're the only podcast that has committed 100% of its content to gambling on NCAA baseball. Again, my name is Noah Beanick, and you can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. That is the word 70, the number 7NB. And if you are a new listener to the College Baseball Experience, it is part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I've provided picks and gambling analysis over there on college football, college basketball, and the MLB. But today, I'm taking my talents to the diamond. Not the actual diamond because I'm currently registered, but the diamond inside the online sports books. From the SEC to the Big West, I will have you covered on every college baseball game that you can bet on this week. Join us as we experience the better side of college baseball down the final stretch of the road to Omaha. We have a jam-packed show today, including a full 18-game slate of Friday college baseball bets and a great interview with Arkansas's play-by-play voice of the baseball team, Phil Elson, coming up here in just seconds. But first, a word from our presenting sponsors over at WinBet. Make sure to get down on wins. Bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same-game parlays with the Win's own build-your-own-bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they bet win, lose, or push a three-leg build-your-own-bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have Fantasy League on there. I use it for some of mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can make money on Sleeper, too, by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, Choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under game on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their over-under game, have fun with your friends, and make some money. Make sure to use promo code SGPNMLB and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code SGPNMLB when you deposit. Join SGPN squad to bet with the guys. SG.PN slash squad. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now let's get into the interview with Phil Elson. All right, I want to welcome on a very special guest onto today's episode. He is a three-time Arkansas Sportscaster of the Year and has over 20 years of on-air broadcasting experience, including currently pre- and post-game coverage for the Razorback College Football and currently pre- or and currently the college uh, women's college basketball play-by-play and baseball play-by-play voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Phil Elson is now on the College Baseball Experience. How is it going, Phil? 
No, I'm good. I'm good. May has just started, and May is when the college baseball season is in its uh, home stretch, and our conference tournaments are at the end of the month. And before you know it, it's the it's the NCAA baseball tournament. Exciting times, very much so. So, Phil, you grew up in in Pennsylvania, and you graduated from this famous, world-renowned university called. Point Park University, located in downtown Pittsburgh. I'll make sure I take notes from this answer, but how does one's journey go from growing up in the mid-Atlantic to becoming a broadcaster for one of the best SEC baseball fan bases in the country down Fayetteville, Arkansas? It's definitely not the direction that I thought I was going to go to end <laughs> up being um, doing broadcast for college baseball and college women's basketball and, and hosting a talk show in Arkansas. Um, but I mean, from Pittsburgh, I mean, I grew up loving the Pirates and loving baseball and sports overall and sports radio. And I mean, everybody's experience is different. I, I worked in I worked in minor league baseball for uh, for a long time as an 18 year old intern uh, to eventually getting on the air at 21 with uh, a team in the Pioneer League in Helena, Montana. To, uh, to moving to Arkansas to work to do the games for the Arkansas Travelers, which is the double-A team now for the Mariners. They were then, when I first started working for them in 2001, the double-A the, the team for the, Ar for the uh, Los Angeles Angels. And, you know, I mean, that, that's what brought me to Arkansas. And, you know, after 14 years working for the double-A team, which I loved every minute of it, and I had done women's basketball at uh, UALR, Arkansas Little Rock, and also football at Henderson State, which is Division II school in, in Arkadelphia, that uh, an opportunity arose with the Razorbacks, which is the, this is the biggest thing going on in sports in all of Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, and people will point out that there's not a, a major league team in Arkansas, but there's major league sports in Arkansas. There's no doubt about it it's just not major league team sports. It's not baseball. It's not football. It's not basketball or hockey. Major league horse racing happens here in Arkansas. <laughs> major league hunting and fishing happens here in Arkansas. This is a great sports state, but as far as team sports are concerned, the, the Razorbacks are how the state is projected throughout the rest of the country in terms of sports. And the baseball program is, uh, is, is one of the biggest baseball programs in the country as far as fan interest yeah. and, with, and with, uh, with, with team success. Those, th those things have to go together, obviously. So when the opportunity arose, and I'd filled in for some of their broadcast for a few years, when the opportunity arose to become a part of it, I kind of jumped at it. And, and I mean, growing up in Pittsburgh, I loved baseball. I went to Pirates games all the time, you know, Great hundreds park. of Pirates games. Well, but I went to Three Rivers Stadium, Noah. Gotcha, I went to gotcha. the old place. Yeah, it was in the great <laughs> ballpark. But we had some really fun teams. I mean, those early 90s teams of Barry Bonds and Benia and yeah. Van Slyke and Drabeck and Smiley and Leaned and Bell and all of those, uh, you know, but I was around for like the really bad Pirates teams of 1985 and 1986, but it was three rivers. It wasn't that we had this great park to go to, but we didn't even know that Pitt had a baseball team. <laughs> we didn't even know that Point Park had a good, a, a bordering on great then NAIA baseball team. Yeah, college baseball was not on our radar, and I never thought about that being an outlet to, to, to do what I really love to do, which is to call baseball games on the radio. And I got to experience that in a fill-in way, you know, for the Razorbacks. And then when the chance came to do it full time, I was like, I feel like I'm ready for it. And it's it's interesting, like the SEC is a mini major league. Yes. There are huge fan bases in these, with these teams, huge LSU, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina, even Texas A&M, yeah. Vanderbilt. 
these, these teams that are really successful have huge fan bases. They're, they're not quite the, the size of major league fan bases, but they are just as, if not more, uh, bought in with everything they have. And it's a thrill, a real thrill to be a part of that with a team and a fan base like Arkansas. Yeah. So I, I just want to clear this up. I was not making fun of his alma mater, Point Park. That's actually where I currently attend to. Most of the listeners might know that if they listen, but if they tune in just because Phil Elson's on the podcast, if they're a Razorbacks fan, that's currently where I also go to school too. And I grew up in Michigan. So Michigan does not have a very um, renowned, our fan base doesn't revolve around the college baseball team. They revolve around the football, the basketball teams. And growing up, my dad was a huge Pirates fan and kind of instilled uh, that in me because he loved the teams in the 90s and going to school in Pittsburgh and going to a lot of Pirates games. Uh, they're very cheap and it was a great park. So I was never going to argue that. But it kind of what you're talking about there kind of leads into the next question I want to ask about. Uh, I'm also a co-host on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's MLB Gambling Podcast. And while prepping for today's pod, I spun yesterday's episode of your Hit the Line show that you're also on talking about a bunch of Arkansas and uh, pro sports. And you guys mentioned an interesting topic, the ever-looming MLB expansion. And by the way, um, your Pirates and my Tigers played in doubleheader today. And I just wanted to mention this, no big deal. Florida's 2017 ace, Alex Fayeto made his major league debut against you guys. Yeah. Pretty cool watching him. But anyways, we saw on Saturday just how electric of an atmosphere Baumwalker can provide. And that was right after Kendall Diggs walk-off home run. The place just absolutely blew up. I'll take that every day over our daily Pirates and Tigers crowds right now. I need to make it out to Fayetteville to experience it for myself. But what is it like for you to watch on a day-to-day -day basis the passion from a college fan base compared to a pro sports one? There's, there's really like a, a, a college baseball crowd and it's the same, whether you're doing it in Fayetteville or at LSU or in, or in, in Oxford or in Starkville is unique. They're all unique. They're all different. All the experiences are different. These fans have, have, have traditions that are, that, that, that are unique and you can't duplicate them anywhere. Um, the, I went to pirates games when the pirates were good, <laughs> when they were good in the early nineties, we thought we'd win world series yeah. and for good reason, they were really good and they would get crowds, 28,000, 34,000, this and that. My parents took me to these games and they're baseball people. My father grew up in New York City in the 50s and the 60s as a Yankees fan. My mom loves baseball. They went to Mets games when the Mets met something in the, you know, in the 60s, in 1969. Okay. Yeah. They were at the Arkansas Ole Miss series, and they've been to numerous Arkansas baseball games. I don't think they've ever quite experienced anything that's quite like that. I know I have not because it's – just it's college sports for one it's it's a it's a place that it's a statewide thing the people here love the Razorbacks I mean from all four corners of the yeah. state they really do and they invest themselves in it and and it's a it's it's so intense the meaning of these games has so much to do with it think about in a major league season, there's 162 games and all of them mean a lot, but it's still 162. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. In college baseball, just with the SEC, you have 56 games. 30 of those games are your league games. Yeah. And think of the intensity of the meaning of what that means to these players and these coaches and the fans. It's 30 that's packing. That's packing. It's like, you know, college football is a really intense sport. Football overall is a really intense sport. College baseball is football for baseball because of the intensity of it, because of the concentration of the meaning of what all of these games mean. And the fan support in the places where it means something, even in the places where it's where I don't mean to, to denigrate smaller fan bases there's an intensity to college baseball 
that you can never duplicate in col- in Major League Baseball. It's like th- it's like think of the 2020 Major League Baseball season when everybody played 60 games. Yeah. The pennant race started on opening day. Yeah. The pennant race in college baseball starts on opening day. And, and the fans respond. That's right. Well, and it starts in February for the postseason for your resume and all that. But when the for the SEC, when the conference season starts, I mean, it's it, it's it's practically postseason. It, yeah. It, it, there's really no delineation between regular season and postseason in that part at that moment. And and fans respond to that because they understand that too. So throughout the season, there's one thing that's always offered to most people that are willing to bet on college baseball, and that's college World Series futures and who's going to win it all. Um, let's start with this. Last year, Arkansas was this year's Tennessee. They were the undeniable number one team in the country. And for guys like us that broadcast our brackets prior to the NCAA tournament, it was considered foolish to not include the Razorbacks in the Omaha 8 and then NC State happened. Once uh, one thing that I have said on this podcast is that if Arkansas couldn't do it with the team they had last year, how will they be able to win the college world series this year? Can you address that statement and how would you assess Arkansas's 2022 season so far? In, in 2021, Arkansas might've been a little bit over reliant on one pitcher. Yeah. Um, and, and Kevin Copps is 2021. I think will stand apart from any other season that anybody's ever had in baseball history, aside from maybe like Shohei Otani because of what he does playing on both sides. It felt like Kevin was almost a hitter. That's how much he meant to that team as a relief pitcher who would pitch two times every weekend, give you starters innings. Um, This, uh, Baseball is an unfair sport. Well, I shouldn't say it's unfair. It's the nature of the sport brings it to a point where sometimes the best team ended up having a bad weekend and gets eliminated by somebody that was hot, like NC State. And it doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that 2021 Arkansas team wasn't great but I don't know if I can put them at the same level as this year's Tennessee team. Like uh, Arkansas won a lot of close games last year and they won two out of, they won two out of three a lot. Tennessee is beating the crap out of of everybody (laughs) and sweeping. And it's, it's a little bit different and their pitching staff has a little, I think some more depth to go along with the scary offensive attack. So I, I'm not sure if I put Arkansas from last year and Tennessee at this year quite at the same level. And again, that's not to denigrate Arkansas from last year. They won every series they played. Yeah, That's amazing in and of itself. You know, But there's always a but behind that team. I would be so floored if Tennessee lost a two out of three. Whatever happens in Omaha happens in Omaha. Tennessee will be there. This Arkansas team is different from last year. They're not quite as explosive offensively. They have a lot of dangerous hitters. But it's a team that's built on starting pitching, back of the bullpen, and almost flawless defense almost flawless defense uh and that's a difficult thing to beat because they're still tough to pitch to yeah and they're gonna score five six runs a game five six runs with connor nolan with hagan smith when he's on and right now jackson wiggins has had a couple of tough starts in a row they have enough depth in the bullpen to cover that. And the back of their bullpen has been great. Uh, Evan Taylor and Brady Tigert. It's a lefty-righty combination. Both are pitching 
twice on the weekends. Both are not one-pitch guys. They have good fastballs, great breaking balls. Um, They have the pitching and the fielding and potentially just enough offense, just enough runs to really do some damage in the postseason this year. Yes. For me, it's really you guys just need to get the Omaha because this team is made for a park like uh, really uh, renewly named Charles Schwab Field uh, deep fences and you're pitching the team ERA. It's fifth in the country with a three two seven. Um, it feels like uh, that anybody coach Dave Van Horn can hand the ball off to in the pen in the late innings to get leverage outs and games he could have full trust in. Is that how you feel as well? Well, he's got multi, he's got two lefties. He's got multiple righties. It's, it's, it's coming from both sides of the plate and it's, and it's guys that are coming out and throwing strikes that are, that have been battle tested now for at least two or three weeks going now in the terms of Zach Morris who's really like Zach Morris's emergence in this Arkansas bullpen can't be understated because he's the second lefty behind Devin Taylor. And he, he's been throwing a ton of strikes is getting a lot of ground balls and ground balls with this team are outs. You do not like you, you're not going to sneak a lot of ground balls through this infield. They're too yeah. good. Hayden Wallace at third Jalen battles at short Robert Moore at second and Peyton Stovall or more recently, Brady Slavens at first base. They all have range. The middle infield and 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 Wallace, they're tremendous infielders. So uh, that kind of pitcher with Morris emerging like that is big. Tiger is a future starting pitcher who's who throws a changeup that we haven't even seen this year and throws 94-95 fastball with a breaking pitch that's got a spin rate up at 3,100 sometimes. And he can vary the speeds on it. And he's battle testing. He throws back-to-back games. Taylor, too. Um, They have a dangerous bullpen. It's going to be really tough to come back against them. Gotcha. Um, One thing that really stood out to me, and it's again in that Saturday game, is they had the bases were loaded against them with two outs in the seventh inning. And then the bases were loaded with them against them Uh, in the eighth inning with nobody out and they were able to get out of that jam with only one run given up in both innings. It was very impressive to me. And uh, since I brought up Dave Van Horn uh, head coach, we mentioned Tennessee earlier in the podcast as well. Head coach for Tennessee, Tony Vitello was an assistant coach for him a couple of years ago uh, for quite some time. And there always seems to be drama floating around uh, Knoxville, but they're 41 and four on the season. We see comments from Robert Moore and others even though the Hogs don't play the Vols this regular season, it feels like there's a little friendly competition between the two schools going on. What's the perception of Tennessee and Arkansas? And do you have any opinions about what's going on over there in Knoxville? Well, what's going on in Knoxville is good for college baseball. I mean, they're a great team and they play with personality and they play with panache and they play with a lot of passion and it might, it bubbles over sometimes it bubbles over quite a bit. Um, but it's between the line stuff. It's not bad for the sport. Uh, as far as like the thing between Arkansas and Tennessee, I mean, it came up last year because they played a great series in Knoxville where Arkansas took two out of three. And at the end of it, you know, Coach Vitello and Coach Van Horn got nose to nose a little bit and they worked together for four years. Yeah. So they got nose to nose and it, it just speaks, I think, to the intensity of the sport. Those two guys are over it. Like Tony Vitello and Dave Van Horn are not worried about that. I think they their relationship is just fine. Um, it's it's something that fans have picked up on, and and also the way that the two programs go about their business are a little bit different. Arkansas is not very showy. They don't, they don't have, you know, super celebrations for home runs. And, you know, it's, it's just not a very bat flip kind of a program. Some guys <laughs> will flip the bat. Some guys will watch the home run, you know, but they don't have a home run. There's no home run celebration this year for this oh. team. I've seen them celebrate home runs in certain ways before. 
very quietly they put a hog hat on him or something like that but it's nothing that you see with a lot of other teams they're just not very showy some people say well that means they don't enjoy what they're doing no trust me these guys truly enjoy but they play with an outward enjoyment and love of baseball yeah it's just not very it's not very look at me tennessee is different tennessee is different this year and they were different last year and they can back it up and that's what it comes down to if you're going to be like that you got to back it up and they back it up right now so the volunteers dropped the game last weekend to the tigers and now the door is open for arkansas to make a statement the Razorbacks are ranked fourth in the country by D1 baseball, and they travel to number 19 Auburn in the only ranked versus ranked matchup on the slate this weekend. Could you preview, preview this weekend series for us and our listeners? Well, um, Auburn is in second place, two games in back of Arkansas, and they're coming off the two out of three lost to Tennessee, but they played Tennessee tight all three of those games. They did. Um, uh, Auburn's without their starting pitcher Friday, Hayden Mullins. Uh, he's got a, uh, an arm thing and it's going to keep him out for a bit. They might be without their closer, Burke, Bar- Bur- uh, Burke, Bal- Burke, <laughs> Burke Halter, <laughs> who uh, had a hamstring injury. They don't know if he's going to be ready or not, you know, but they, they, uh, they have got, they, they, I mean, this Sonny D. Chiara, the first baseman that transferred from Sanford. Yeah. Like he's close to winning the slash triple crown batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage. First in the nation in batting average, second, first in the nation on a base percentage, third in slugging percentage. And he's getting Barry Bonds treatment. He's getting walked like four, three times a game. So they have a really dangerous lineup and they have other pitchers that are really good. Joseph Gonzalez, a really good starting pitcher. So uh, this is going to be a really great series. Um, And what, what they both, I think they're two teams that have the knack for winning close games. I'd expect to see two games that are, you know, in the, six to five sort of range and 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 arkansas is in good position you know even if they even if they drop a couple of games in the series they still lead by one so yeah they're in a really good position and i'm not going to tell you that you know they'll be settling for winning one out of three because they expect to go win every series but you gotta at least win one on the road every time you go on the road and so far the two series they've lost this year on the road, they've at least won one game. Yep. So three weeks ago, Arkansas made a statement to the sec with a sweep of LSU. The Razorbacks only gave up six runs in three games against the dangerous offense from Baton Rouge. Um, Hold on, pop up. Uh, Betting on the Tigers on a day-to-day basis has been very tough. And the knock on the LSU Tigers is that they struggle defensively in the field. What did you see during that weekend? And what could you tell us and our listeners about LSU as we get closer to the SEC and NCAA tournaments? LSU plays at too slow of a play of a pace. Um, They they're, they're not a bad baseball team at all, but they plod. They plod along. Their hitters take too long to get up to the plate. Their pitchers take too long between pitches. Their head coach takes too long between pitching coaches. I think their fielders are on their heels. I think they play at too slow of a pace. And and that was evident in the series at Baumwalker Stadium this year. Um, uh, I understand that you want to control the pace of a baseball game. But I think in some cases, it's to the detriment of your team. And I think that's I think that's a little bit to the detriment of, of their team, right? Uh, but I mean, it's not to say that they're not any good because they're right now they're in a position to host uh, at least a first a first uh, a regional. Yeah. But um, uh, I think they play too slow of a pace. So as we wrap up here, we ask everyone that comes onto the podcast this question. Um, like I mentioned earlier, college uh, baseball fans can currently bet on teams to win the College World Series. Assuming you'd give us Arkansas, they have the fourth highest betting favorite odds at plus 1,100. Uh, the team that doesn't have to be, or your team doesn't have to be from the SEC, but what is another squad that you think has the best, uh, is pres- sorry, is best prepared to threaten Arkansas and the rest of the country for the national title in Omaha this season? I mean, it's, I mean, I'll be, I hate to be obvious with you here, Noah, but I mean, I'm a little myopic in my view of college baseball because uh, there's only so many hours in the day. And so I focus on the SEC. It's Tennessee versus the field. Okay. <laughs> it just, it just is. There's too much, there's too much going on there. They're, they're I mean, they're too good. They, 
they're too physical. I mean, you can't lead the the nation in scoring and earn run average and not be viewed That's as crazy. favorite. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if I was to like, who's a dark horse out of the SEC? Arkansas is the dark horse as okay. far as that's concerned because Tennessee is that far ahead of, <laughs> um, of 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 everybody else. They just are. They just are. They're ready to win the division this next week if things go if things go right with them and and against Georgia. So. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could give you a better answer of uh, maybe, you know, an ACC or a Big 12 team or something like that. But, again, I'm a little too myopic with my, you know, because there's only so many hours in the day and we've got so much to worry about. So I focus on the SEC that way. Another one is A&M. A&M's got a really good pitching staff, and they've got a good mix of, uh, of players. And they were impressive when they took when they took two out of three they from were. Arkansas. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was impressed with A and M. All right, well, thank you, Phil, for coming on the podcast and chatting some college baseball with us. Uh, the listeners can go follow you on Twitter at Phil Elson PXP. That's P H I L E L S O N PXP. We'll have it linked in the description of the episode as well. Phil, is there anything else you'd like to add before we depart? Oh man, uh, no! It's, I'm glad you're doing this, and I'm glad that uh, that you asked me to be a part of it. And you just uh, don't worry too much about don't worry too much about uh, the injuries there in Pittsburgh. They'll treat you just fine. All right, thank you very much for coming on the episode. It was a blast. You got it. Take care. Thanks. You too. The college baseball experience is brought to you by Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off of your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let Trade Coffee find you a coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. And don't forget about Mother's Day coming up. A Trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will completely be shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed for your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online on any more without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is with tap of one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim 70% of your savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. So, 
That was a great interview with Phil Elson, the play-by-play voice of Arkansas's baseball team. Um, And yeah, he's an alumni from the school that I currently go to. So that was really cool for myself. Um, And Colby just, you know, kindly stepped aside and let the two pioneers go at it for a good 20 minutes there on just talking college baseball. So without um, any any too much distraction here, let's get into this juicy 18-game slate. Uh, that we can find on the books for Friday. So like normal, I'll give you some of my favorite Friday bets, and I'll go over a couple of the best games from the week weekend that um, we can expect to be offered for every game of the weekend. And at the end, I'll also go over a couple of more juicier lines, lines that can be found over minus 150 that I like and don't like for you guys to put into some parlays and make some money. So we just talked to Phil, and let's get right into that series. Arkansas, they're the number four team in the country. They're 34-11 and 11 and 14-7 and seven in SEC play. They go on the road to the number 19 team in the country, Auburn, who's 31-14 and 14 on the year and 12-9 and nine in conference. The Friday game will be at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network. Arkansas is minus 110 and currently Auburn's minus 120. The total is found at 9.5. Arkansas is 28th in the RPI, 4-5 on the road, 5-4 versus the top 25 in the RPI. And their pitching staff is 5th in the country with a 3-2-7 ERA and 2nd in the nation in fielding percentage at 9.85. For Auburn, they're 4th in the RPI, 19-7 at home. 9-6 9-6 and six versus the top 50 in the RPI, and the all-time series between these two teams is tied up at 48-48, but inside Plainsman Park, the Tigers lead 24-18 all-time in the series. For Arkansas, going on the mound on Friday is Connor Nolan, the right-handed pitcher, who's 5-3 with a 2.77 ERA with 77 strikeouts, 18 walks, and 68.1 innings pitched. For Auburn, they also have a right-hander, Mason Barnett, who's 2-1 with a 4-1-9 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 18 walks, and 38.2 innings pitched. Auburn's ace Hayden Mullins is assumably out for this weekend with forearm tightness. Friday with Noland on the mound at minus 110 is too cheap for me. I look for the Hogs to win this series, but if the hitting isn't there and they split Friday and Saturday, they are in trouble going up against Joseph Gonzalez on Sunday, who's arguably the best Sunday guy in the SEC. Give me Arkansas at minus 110 on the money line here, and I'll take I'll take Arkansas to win the series, presumably on Friday and Saturday, and they got a tough one on their hands on Sunday. Uh, the next game on our slate is the number 10 team in the country, Louisville. They're 32-12 and 12 and 14-7 and in the ACC. They take the road to play Wake Forest, 32-13 and 13 on the year, 10-11 and 11 in the ACC. This game will be played at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the ACC Network Extra. Uh, Louisville is minus 120 on the money line, and Wake Forest is minus 110. The total is set at 15.5. Louisville is 17th in the RPI, 6-6 on the road this year, and and 6-4 versus top 25 teams in the RPI. Wake Forest is 25th in the RPI with a 24-6 record at home, and they're 4-8 versus the top 25 in the RPI. These are two of the best offenses in the ACC, and both playing chicken and not announcing their starters for the weekend yet. Currently, Wake is at minus 110, and I'd wait till the pitchers are announced and ride the Wake for and ride Rake Forest uh, as a home dog throughout the series, as I think they'll be able to win two at home here. Game number three on our slate is number 21 Georgia Tech. They're 27 and 18 on the year. They're 12 and 12 in ACC play. They go on the road to play Clemson, who's 28 and 17, 6 and 14 in the ACC. This game will also be played at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the ACC Network. Georgia Tech is minus 105, as Clemson is minus 125 on the money line. The total is set at 14 and a half. Georgia Tech is 18th in the RPI, 6 and 8 on the road, and 15 and 14 versus the top 50 in the RPI. And they're third in the country in batting average with a 322 average, fourth in the home runs in the country with 85, and also top 10 in slugging percentage, runs, and on base percentage. For Clemson, they're 29th in the RPI, 20 and 8 at home, 9 and 12 versus the top 25 in the RPI. This year, Wake Forest is 6 and 2, 
Oh, did I say Wake Forest? This year, Georgia Tech is 6-2 and two on Fridays in the ACC and 4-0 and oh since moving John Medich to the Friday rule. The knock against the Yellow Jackets is that they can't pitch. They have a team ERA of 646, but Medich has been great recently. Clemson will be bumping Mac again, or Mac England, who has 38 walks on the year, and that won't play against Georgia Tech. Uh, give me the slight dog in Georgia Tech at minus one and a, 105 on the money line, and let's ride. I think they take the series as well. Uh, next on our slate is Vanderbilt, 29 and 14 on the year, 10 and 11 at Georgia, who's 22nd ranked in the country. 31 and 14 and 12 and 9 in the SEC. This game will be played at 6:30 on the SEC Network Plus. Vandy is minus 135 as Georgia is plus 105 on the money line, and the total is set at eight and a half. Vandy is 11th in the RPI, eight and five on the road this year, but 11, five and 11 versus the top 25 in the RPI. Vanderbilt ranks third in the country in pitcher strikeouts per nine. Georgia, on the other hand, is third in the RPI and 20-5 and at home with a 10-7 and record against top 25 RPI teams. Due to injuries this season, uh, this will be the first series where the Dogs have a starter that is not on a pitch count this year. That's kind of crazy to me with uh, just how uh, injury-prone their starting rotation has been. This is the first series where all of their pitchers are healthy and won't be held to only four or five innings in a start. And for guys like Jonathan Cannon, who's 8-1 and one on the year, just absolutely insane. And for for me, that's a huge uh, thing in this series. And in result, Tim Corbin and Vanderbilt has shifted their ace Chris McIlvain and number two starter Carter Holton to Saturday and Sunday respectively. Now there's a to-be-determined pitcher on Friday. The real Friday game of this series where Georgia's Jonathan Cannon, who's 8-1 with a 2.04 ERA and 53 strikeouts with only four walks on the season, will face Vandy's McIlvain, who's 5-3 with a 3.53 ERA with 74 strikeouts and 24, 24 walks. In result, I like Georgia at home to take both the Friday and Saturday game. Friday with Nolan Crisp on the mound and Saturday with Cannon. I think those two guys will be able to win them their games. Uh, the fifth game on our slate is in the ACC as well. North Carolina, they're 25-17 and 17 on the year, 8-13 and 13 in conference. They go on the road and face rival NC State, who's 29-13 and 11-9 and and in the ACC. This game will also be played at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the ACC Network Plus and on Saturday ESPNU. North Carolina can be found at plus 100 and NC State at minus 130 on the money line, and the total is set at 10.5 for this game. North Carolina is 36th in the RPI and 3-11 on the road, 3-12 versus teams in the top 25 of the RPI. NC State is 23rd in the RPI, 2-1 versus the top 26 through 50 RPI range. NC State has won the last two series against North Carolina, including a rivalry sweep in last year in Chapel Hill. For North Carolina, Max Carlson, the right-hander, is 1-2 on the year with a 4.04 ERA, 55 strikeouts, and 22 walks. will will be making the start on Friday. And for NC State, with Sam Heifel's season-ending injury, Logan Whitaker steps into Friday's role. He has a 3.57 ERA with 40 strikeouts and 23 walks on the year. Matt Willardson struggled to start 2022, but he's coming off of his best start of the year last week. I have NC State winning at least the Friday and Saturday games in this series, as Sunday starters are still not announced yet. NC State minus 130 is my Friday bet, and the over is in play for this game. Next one. Oklahoma, who's 27-16 and 16 on the year, 9-6 and six in the Big 12. Sorry, that was a loud bang. I just hit my hand on the desk. Uh, they will be hitting the road to Fort Worth to take on the 24th team in the country, TCU, who's 27-16 and 16 as well, and 12-6 and six in the conference. At 6 o'clock p.m. on ESPN+, Plus, this game will be televised. TCU's minus 145 on the money line, and Oklahoma's plus 115 with the total at 10.5. Oklahoma is 34th in the RPI, 4-4 four four on the road, and 
six and nine versus the top 50 in the RPI. The Sooners have a batting a team batting average of 300 and an average of seven and a half runs scored per game. TCU, on the other hand, is 33rd in the RPI, 16 and five at home, and seven and ten versus the top 25 in the RPI. With TCU only hitting 264 as a team, this is a spot where Oklahoma's Friday horse Jake Bennett could shove and give the Sooners a fighting chance to steal the Friday game. OU's Bennett has a 3.29 ERA with and is 4-2 on the season with 75 strikeouts and 13 walks. Especially since T- TCU's Friday starter Austin Crobb has a 5.14 ERA, the Horned Frogs are vulnerable here. I think they win the series in Fort Worth, but I like OU at plus 115 to win on Friday. Our next game here is Florida, who's 26 and 18 and 8 and 13 in the ACC this year. They're going on the road to Mississippi State, who's 25 and 20, 9 and 12 on the in the SEC. This game will be played at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the SEC Network, and Saturday's game will be on ESPNU. Florida is minus 125 on the money line, and Mississippi State is minus 105, and the total is at 10 and a half. Florida is ranked 20th in the RPI this year, and they're 7 and 8 on the road. Outside of the RPI's top 25, they are 21 and 6. The Bulldogs are 84th in the RPI, 17 and 8 at home, and 3 and 7 versus the RPI's top 25 teams. This is basically an elimination series. Whoever takes the two losses this this series will not be able to make the NCAA tournament. Both pitching staffs have been decimated by injury, but Florida remains one of the best offensive teams when it comes to power in the SEC. I think Florida prevails, and my bet for this series is the Gators on Saturday. Neely has an 11-inning hit streak or hitless streak going, and Preston Johnson from Mississippi State has an ERA of 5.52. That is the pitching matchup for Saturday. The next series for this weekend's slate is Arizona, who's 32 and 15 on the year, 13 and 8 in the Pac-12. They are at USC, who's 22 and 20 on the year, and 6 and 15 in the Pac-12. This game will be played at 10:05 p.m. Eastern Time on the Pac-12 Network. Yuck. And Arizona's minus 150 and USC's plus 120 on the money line, with the total set at nine and a half. Arizona is 40th in the RPI this season. They're 11 and five on the road, 25 and 15 versus the top 100 in the RPI, and their Friday overs are six and one on the year, or in the Pac-12 on the year. USC is 102nd in the RPI and 18 and 10 at home, and 8 and 6 versus top 50 RPI. The Friday overs for USC are 5 and 2 in the Pac-12. Arizona should not be losing a game to the Trojans this weekend unless they want to hurt their postseason resume. Give me the Wildcats to win the series, and the over on Friday is a lock. Flipping the page to our last series that we're going to cover with the favorites at betting odds, minus 150 or cheaper. The Big West, uh, they will be showcasing UC Santa Barbara, who's 31-10 and 10 on the season and 19-2 and 2 in the Big West. They're going to go on the road to UC Irvine, who's 25-17 and 17 on the year and 10-8 and 8 in the Big West. This game will be played at 10.30 p.m. on ESPN+. UCSB is minus 130 and UC Irvine's plus 100 on the money line. The total set at 8.5. UCSB, their RPI is at 32nd in the country. They're 15-6 and six on the road and 6-2 and two versus teams placed in the 50 through 100 range in the RPI. UC Irvine is 72nd in RPI, 15-6 and six at home, and 6-6 six and six versus the top 50 in the RPI. If you're going to give me USB, UCSB at minus 130 with Corey Lewis on the mound, I'll take that every day of the week. And I think UCSB wins the series and puts the Big West in a stranglehold for the automatic bid. Now, a big thing that we do here when we're betting on college baseball is take advantage of a couple of underpriced favorites and put them into a parlay. I'll run through the rest of the games on this 18-game slate that has their favorites above 150. And this is, this even includes one dog that I like, but I did not include a huge preview on the game. And at the end of this quick hits list, I will give you the parlay that I'll be playing on Friday night. So, 
Florida State at minus 235 is a safe parlay builder versus Boston College on Friday. Texas State is a little juicy for me, but is a good parlay piece at minus 280 versus Louisiana Monroe. Alabama has been down as of late, but they're dangerous as LSU could fall like a house of cards at any time during a game. Their defense is atrocious, guys, and we even talked about it with Phil. He doesn't like the pace of play that they play at. Um, so if you wanted to bet Bama at plus one, 125 on Friday, go for it. But I'd stay away from LSU on the money line this weekend. Ole Miss at minus 155 versus Missouri on Friday is a wonderful parlay piece as Dylan DeLucia has been dealing lately. Stay away from Texas A&M this weekend because South Carolina is a complete wild card, but I think the Aggies will win the series. I didn't cover this game in depth, but Utah is a nice underdog this week because Arizona State last week gave up 42 runs combined in three games against UCLA, who is not a great offensive team. The Sun Devils' season might just be in the graveyard. With Jerby on the mound, Oregon State is a great parlay builder at minus 210 against Oregon. Stay away from Stanford this week as Cal's great pitching has to go up against the Trees' spotty offense. And UCLA is a fine parlay builder, but against Washington, I'm just going to stay away, especially since an offensive letdown may be in order. So, the parlay that I'll be playing on Friday night, and again, my parlays are 3-1 and one on this podcast when I give them out. I'm going to be playing at plus 134, Florida State to beat Boston College and Ole Miss to beat Missouri, plus 134 odds. I'll, I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, follow me on Twitter for all of my weekend plays, and please go give the podcast a five-star review as that matters more than you guys think. And I would appreciate it a ton if you gave us a little bit of a review. Uh, thank you all for listening, and thanks for experiencing the better side of college baseball. We'll see you again next week.